Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. God's good, amen. All the time, all the time, God is good, amen. You know what's just so so God is that um, we actually already have a, a fund, a building fund, and it's because the Lord already put it on some of you guys' hearts to start it, like even like a year ago, or I think it was maybe before then. Um, that's just Jesus that people are like, ah, oh, they gotta start a building fund. I don't even know if they've got one, but we're giving to it. So thank you, Jesus. We just thank God for um, His provision, and He's just so good. So, Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, for who you are, God. We just thank you that your presence is here. We thank you, Father, that um, we don't come to church uh, to, to learn about you, but we come to church to be with you. Lord, that you are with us everywhere we go, Lord, that we can just connect to you at any moment, Jesus. And we just ask even right now, Lord, I want to connect to you right now in this moment. Lord, I pray that everyone would connect with you, Jesus, this morning, Father, as the word goes forth. And I just thank you for it. I ask for your anointing. Lord, Show me what to say. Show me what not to say, Lord, and just anoint um, our hearts to receive, Father. It's your anointing that uh, breaks yokes of bondage. So I ask for your anointing right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I am so, so proud of our um, evangelism team. Um, thank you so much for coming um, out for that. And even if, even if all you do is just come and just watch... Even if you just come and just like, just like walk around, follow Pastor Daniel and just like, just watch and observe and just see what happens because it, you, it's caught more than it is taught and um, it's really, really powerful. Um, but I'm just so proud of every single one of you that has shown up, even if you've shown up one time, even if you didn't talk to a single person, I'm proud of you. Um, God is proud of you. I'm proud of your faith. I'm proud of your yes. You're here I am, send me. Um, it's awesome. Um, and uh, we need to be praying for the laborers. Um, that's what Jesus said to do is to, to pray for the laborers. Amen? Amen. So uh, what the Lord has put on my heart this morning, and it's funny because, like, we've pretty much gone there with both testimonies and the prophetic words and everything, is that everything is about connection. Everything is about connection. Somebody say, everything's about connection. Okay? God himself says God is love. God is love. Everything in this life is going to be tied to connection. Anything that means anything to us in this life, when it really comes down to it, has something to do with connection. Connection to God, connection to people. Amen? Connection is the thing that matters. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son because he wanted relationship with you. He wanted connection with you. Amen? The, the whole book of, of the Bible, the whole story is centered around the bridegroom being so excited to marry his bride. Okay, how many of you know we are the bride of Christ? As his church, we are the bride of Christ. He is so excited to marry us as the bride. This is a love story. It's a story about connection. It's a story about intimacy. Amen. Everything that we have in the Lord is based in connection. 
Amen? It's not based in performance. It's not based in works. It's based in connection. Even look at the Old Testament when uh, Moses comes across the, the burning bush and the voice of the Lord comes and says, remove your sandals from your feet for this is holy ground. When we look through a works-based mentality, we think God is saying, take your dirty shoes off. How dare you stand here? But what is God actually saying? Remove your sandals so that your bare feet can connect to my holiness. Because we can't even be holy without connection with him. Amen? So he says, take off your shoes and partake of my holiness. Come and connect with me, for this is holy ground. Amen? It gives us a different perspective. It changes everything. Amen? Jesus said uh, to enter into the kingdom, we have to become like a child. Do you know what children do really, really well? Connection. They laugh. They're joyful. Absolutely, they laugh. They have joy. But the, we, I take my kids to the playground, and they just start playing with kids. Like, this is my new best friend. Like, what's their name? I don't know, but they're my friend. You know, that's all about connection. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> Evan, he's my little, I think he's an evangelist. Um, he's definitely an exhorter because he talks nonstop. And it's awesome. He's so cute. He's just like the cutest thing ever. Um, but I take him places, and he is all about inviting random strangers over for dinner and it's really awesome and it can get really awkward because he'll find like the roughest looking like you know doesn't look at all interested in smiling at a cute little kid and he's like hey mom them can they come over for dinner can we invite them over for dinner and he's saying it in their earshot and I'm like what do I say They're just like oh they don't want to come with us <laughs> like how do I approach that Daniel's like one day you should just like put it on them and just be like well what do you think you want to come over? <laughs> One of these days we'll try that. We'll see. Um, but I know the Lord is on that. The Lord uh, has something there for him as well. But um, I was walking around with Evan. I took him to the bank the other day. And it's kind of an interesting time that we live in, right? And, and walking around with a three-year-old, it's like, how do you explain these things? And he sees these yellow footprints that are showing everyone to stay so much far apart, you know, from each other and that kind of thing. And it's, it's almost this environment that could become this place of fear um, for my three-year-old. And he's just like looking at these yellow footprints and he's like, they're clues. And we're like jumping from <laughs> footprint to footprint. Like, I think think Thanos has been here. And he's, of course, everywhere we go, he's got his cape on and his Avengers pajamas and cowboy boots. Everywhere we go, like he does have other clothing, but that's all I can get him to wear. And, <laughs> and we're just having fun and we're just connecting in the bank. And he's just like, he's just like, yeah, it's just like, I love people and I love being out. And, you know, I, I'm like, it's awesome. I just get to connect with my son and we just have fun together and it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing, right? And so he's like, Mom, can we go to the bank again? <laughs> I'm like, sure, son. <laughs> he doesn't get out much. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we have five kids, so uh, it's, it's fun when we get to do the one-on-ones. But um, I took him to Costco, and um, in Costco, you know, so everyone's got their masks on. I've got my mask on. And he made this game, and he just came up with it by himself. Where um, He's in the cart with me, and he'll be like, hi, 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 hi. And then they'll finally be like, oh, hi. And then he'd be like, yes, they connected with me. And then the next one, hi, hello, hello, hello. And then they would keep going and be like some grumpy person, you know. And he'd be like, dang it, mom, they didn't say hi to me. And it just became this game where, like, again, someone would be like, hi. And he's like, yes, they said hi. And the 
it became this cute thing. He's like between the aisles, like waving at people, like between the little pallets and stuff like that. And it was just such this little joy bomb in the middle of a Costco where like people were like pulling down their masks so that they so that he could see that they're smiling at him. And just like, oh my gosh, like people want to connect. Like people need it. They're just like, oh yes, this small child is reminding me. It's just like we're supposed to connect with one another. Like we're supposed to smile at each other. We're supposed to, you know, love one another and and like, oh, the joy of a child. And it just breaks, you know, that that fear of connection and, and things like that. But it was just such a great reminder um, that children have have a wisdom. They have a way of showing us God's wisdom. Amen. Everything that really matters to us in life is built on connection. You are wired for love. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are wired for love. You're wired for love. Can we put that first scripture up, John 15, 1 through 5? John 15, 1 through 5. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing apart from our connection with him. There is nothing we can do. We want to make sure, like, as we're ministering to people, like, am I plugged in? It's like, it's, I always picture, like, this umbilical cord. Sometimes we can take our umbilical cord, and I'm going to attach it to my husband and be like, he's my source. And if he approves of me and he's, you know, thinks good of me or thinks I'm beautiful or whatever, now I feel like I'm worthy. And it's like, we need to unhook our umbilical cords from each other, and we are going to hook it up to Jesus, because apart from him, we can do nothing. He's our source. He's our source of approval. He's our source of love and worthiness and all those things. And when we're connected to him, there's a flow of love where we can love unselfishly other people. Amen. But it all stems from being connected to him. Now, uh, if you skip down to uh, verse 9, it says, just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. Now, can we just say la on that for a second? What Father God is saying is just as much as he loved Jesus, he loves you. Every bit as much as Father God loves Jesus, how much does he love Jesus? Jesus is perfect. Jesus is the spotless lamb. He's done no wrong. He has done everything right. He has performed He's done the works. He's loved people. He has never had a sin. He's never had, you know, uh, unforgiveness in his heart towards somebody. And God loves him perfectly, would you say? Perfectly, aboundingly, increasingly, infinitely loves Jesus. And it's saying as much as he loves Jesus, he loves you. Somebody say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Connect with that for a minute. He loves me. Right now, you could not be any more loved than you are right now. Amen. <laughs> we have preached for too long a false gospel 
of you try and be a good person and try harder and check these boxes and then you can connect to God. That is a false gospel. False prophet. <laughs> it's not the gospel. That is not the word of God. You try harder, you do better, you check these boxes, and maybe if you're good enough, you can connect to the Father. Mm -mm, mm -mm. For God so loved the world that he sent his son so he could connect with you, so he could connect with people, so he could connect to everyone in the world that we think is messing up right now. Amen? That's how much he loves the world. It is about connection, period. Amen? We can try and check all the boxes. If someone out in the world is checking all the boxes and doing all the things and they are not connected and they don't have relationship with Jesus, the truth is they don't make it. That's the truth. If you don't have relationship with Jesus, that is the thing that causes you to be born again. Amen. We cannot preach a false gospel anymore. Amen. God's love is too great for that. We're selling it short. The, the price that Jesus paid on the cross, we're selling his blood so short when we tell people that they've got to work for it too. He worked for it so you wouldn't have to. Amen. Can I tell you that you are not battling a battle with sin? That is not your greatest battle. Jesus took care of that battle for you. So that you could connect with him. And when you connect to Jesus and you understand how much he loves you and you understand how much he's forgiven you for everything, how much he wants to be intimately involved with your life and he cares about the smallest details and he'll send you love notes and he'll give you these little clues and get, you know, give you special things you know, just to woo your heart. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lay this stuff down that is just a counterfeit because I am running to him. Amen? The, the thing that gets produced when you understand who God is and the grace that he set out for you is devotion. And it's devotion that's motivated by love rather than duty and obligation. It is far superior. We will do so much more for love than we will for duty and obligation. Amen? Amen. This is the gospel. And this gospel is irresistible. <laughs> Amen. It is not appealing to walk up to people on the street and tell them, have you heard the good news? If you try really hard to clean up your life, then maybe you'll go to heaven. And maybe if you just jump in this church with me and we can all feel guilty together, and if we all hate ourselves enough, then maybe we'll make it in someday, but we don't know. Hopefully, right? That's not appealing. It's not appealing to do either. <laughs> I don't want to say that to people, right? Nobody wants that because it's not the good news. Is that good news? No. The good news is great news. Man, I just, I just want to share with you, like, if the gospel hasn't pierced your heart in a while, I'm just going to submit to you, it might be that you have started to enter into a works mentality, a performance-based Christianity, where it's just like, man, this is hard. I don't want to present this to people. I, I just submit to you, that might at least be part of it, because, man, the gospel is good news, and it's super, super exciting. Amen. The true gospel starts with connection. Say starts with connection. Believe what he did for you 
and you will be born again, and you will connect to him. Amen? Everything else flows out of already being connected to him. You are not trying to become a child of God. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you are a child of God. Amen? If you believe what you are, then you will do as you believe you are. I'm going to say it again. If you believe what you are, then you will do as you believe you are. If you believe that Jesus has cleansed your sins and made you righteous, you will behave as a righteous person. Amen? It flows out of, it's a different motivation. Amen? Unfortunately, if you believe you're a scumbag sinner, you will also do as you believe you are. And you will sin by faith. Amen? You will sin by faith because you think you're a scumbag. Jesus didn't pay such a high price on the cross for you to walk around feeling like a scumbag. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just all thank him right now. Jesus, thank you. Lord, your ways are higher. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, it's all about connecting to him. It's all about relationship. That, that type of gospel brings a disconnect. It's like, man, prayer just feels like work. I got to check the box. All right, here I am, Lord. I'm going to list off my prayers, and then there's no connection in that. Amen. It's like we, we get pulled into that thought, and I'm the first one to tell you, I get pulled into striving and works, you know, trying to come up with a good message and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, it flows out of connection. Our job is to connect to him. We're connected to him. Stuff just flows. Amen. It flows by grace, and it flows by overflow in a, in a, in a rest and an ease. Like I said, someone can check all the boxes and be the goodest person that there ever was and not be saved. Because our righteousness is filthy rags. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. What does it say in Matthew 7, 22? Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not perform miracles? In your name, they invoked the name of Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Depart from me, for I never knew you. What is Jesus looking for? Connection. I never knew you. He's looking for relationship. It's not about checking the boxes. You don't get there by checking boxes. That's the law. Amen. Amen. He wants to know you. That, that word know is like, uh, into, it's uh, genosco or genosco, however you say that. It's like an intimate knowing. It's like knowing with understanding and experience. That's the kind of know that he wants to know you. Amen. Like, my husband knows about childbirth. I genosco know childbirth. Been there five times. <laughs> it's, it's this, like, I have understood and experienced this on an intimate level. That's what he wants. Amen. What is God looking for? Connection. It's so much easier than we make it. Amen. I used to live my life based on shoulds and have tos. Works and earning, doing things for God instead of with God and from God. It's exhausting, it's ineffective, and it's unsustainable. Amen. Whenever I feel the shoulds coming on, it's a sign that I need to connect with God on the matter. In any area of life, when I feel the shoulds coming on, you ever felt the shoulds? 
well, I really should call that person. I really should pray. I really should read the Bible. You know, I should evangelize. I should uh, check the box, right? When you find yourself in the should zone, it's like connect to the Father and start talking to him about it, okay? Like, I, I really feel like I should read the Bible right now. Okay, Lord, like, help me to connect to you. What do you want me to read in the Bible? And he'll tell, he'll tell me. He'll tell me chapter and verse sometimes. Just like, hey, I want you to be reading in this area. Awesome. And then you read the Bible to connect with him. Amen. Oh, I should pray, and I should pray for all the people of the church, and I should pray for my kids and for their spouses someday, and oh, this burden of I should. It's like, no, I'm going to connect with the Father. Lord, I want to connect to your heart right now. Jesus, what are you praying about right now? I'm connected with you. I'm remembering that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And from this place of sitting in your lap and being so loved and so favored, what are we going to pray about today, Jesus? How do you want to pray for our nation? How do you want to pray for our world? Because this is not something that I have to strive in. It's something that I can enter into intimacy, and it's loving and wonderful. Amen? Amen. We pray to connect. I don't tithe because I should. That's why we started making declarations, because we started realizing it's like it's this should thing, and it's just like everything that we do needs to be real and authentic. Everything that the Lord tells us to do, there's a spiritual connecting principle behind it, okay? When he says get water baptized, it's not just you can prove that you're willing to go in a water tank and come back up again. Does that make sense? It's like there is a spiritual transaction that's going to take place. There's something prophetic that happens, and he wants that for you because it's another level of connection. Same with communion. We don't take communion so we can remember our sin. <laughs> we take communion so we remember Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Amen. We take communion because it's one of the most, it's like physical intimacy. It's the most intimate thing that we can do on this planet to commune with him. There, again, it's relationship. It's connection. There's something about it that he wants. It's, it's not just obedience for obedience sake so that we can prove something to him. There's relational, there's something connecting about it. It's the same with tithing and giving. It's like, I, I want to tithe because I want my heart to just be fully surrendered. Where my treasure is, my heart's gonna be too. So I'm like, Lord, you are so good, I don't need this. <laughs> this is not a should or I have to or because I'm gonna go to hell if I don't. It's like, God, I trust you. You've provided for me so much, take it. You can have it all because nothing, none of it compares to the goodness of your presence. Nothing compares to your goodness. And I know if you say to do it, I can trust you that there's a reason because you've been so faithful in my life. Amen. We don't ever want to do something out of a should or a have to. Amen. Everything flowing out of connection. Parenting. We don't want to parent our kids for compliance. That's not how God parents us. Amen. We want to parent our kids for connection. We want to connect to their hearts. Amen. If their hearts don't connect with our heart and they don't feel that love, they're not going to follow what we say. The second they're out of the house, freedom. Right? Okay. They got to connect to our heart. We don't want to just tell them what to think. We want to teach them how to think. This is my thinking. This is how it, it's discipleship. It's training. It's connection. Amen. Yes, there's discipline. Absolutely there's discipline. But it's for connection first. Amen? Amen. So I've been chatting with the Lord because um, I love planning. 
I love strategy, and like the Lord's been telling us for a while now, it's like, I'm going to show you the blueprint. I'm going to show you the blueprint, the strategy for the next year. I knew that evangelism was involved. Like, I'm, I'm, I tend to look through a prophetic lens, so I'm not uh, an evangelist saying, yes, evangelist, da, da, da. I'm looking through a prophetic lens that God is saying, evangelism right now, revival is here, it's time. It's always been time for the harvest, amen. But even prophetically in this season, there's an extra grace on it. Even last night, 1044 comes up like crazy. Acts 1044, while Peter was still preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on all those that heard. That's God's promise in this season to you, and let me just encourage you. You don't even have to wait for a Saturday evangelism thing. You can preach to people just that you're working with or on the street or whenever, but the promise is while you are preaching the gospel to them, the Holy Spirit is going to fall on those that are listening to the message. Amen. The Lord keeps bringing that before my eyes. I'm just telling you that prophetically. But I've been asking the Lord, what's the strategy? Like, what's the blueprint? Show us the blueprint. Show us the plan. What's the battle? Like, I, I'm like, I want to go to war. And where's our swords? And what are we going to do? And the Lord's like, I want you to read Song of Solomon. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I love Song of Solomon. Like, I've done studies in Song of Solomon. But I'm just like, but what's the plan? Like, that doesn't sound like a plan to me. I'm like, what? show us steps A, B, and C to revival, you know? And, and he's like, Song of Solomon. So I'm like, okay, Lord. I've been reading Song of Solomon and just like a chapter. And just as I, I would just kind of meditate in certain spots. And the Lord's been speaking to me. Um, and obviously, he's, he's emphasizing intimacy. Amen. Um, but I finally, just the other day, um, I got to chapter 7 of Song of Solomon. And um, we're going to read this in, in the Passion Translation. And it kind of clicked and made sense. So he's been emphasizing intimacy with him, understanding who we are and how much um, it brings him bliss to relate to us. When you read Song of Solomon, you see how enraptured the bridegroom is with us. Amen. He's just like, oh, if you could just see the way I see you. That's what the Lord is saying to us. And then I get to this chapter 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the sandaled feet of this one bringing such good news. <laughs> you are truly royalty. The way you walk so gracefully in my ways displays such dignity. You are truly the poetry of God, his very handiwork. Out of your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit, never failing to satisfy. Within your womb, there is a birthing of what? Harvest. Harvest wheat. They are the sons and daughters nurtured by the purity you impart. How gracious you have become. Your life stands tall as a tower like a shining light on a hill. Someone say light on a hill. Your revelation eyes are pure like pools of refreshing, sparkling light for a multitude. Such discernment surrounds you, protecting you from the enemy's advance. Redeeming love crowns you as royalty. Let me just tell you, redeeming love crowns you as royalty. Your thoughts are full of life, wisdom, and virtue. Even a king is held captive by your beauty. And then uh, skipping to verse 9. For your kisses of love are exhilarating. More than any delight I've known before, your kisses of love awaken even the lips of sleeping ones. Amen. Why is he emphasizing Song of Solomon? Because when we get so enraptured and receive how much he loves us, we can do nothing else but respond by loving him with so much passion that we're going to bring the good news to people. Now, that's not why he loves us. He loves us because he loves us because he loves us because he loves us. Amen. 
But when we receive it, when we receive that redeeming crown of royalty, we're like, oh my gosh, you've got to know this king of mine. You've got to know. It's like this thing that's bubbling in our belly. Our inmost being is flowing with this river of water, of life to people. We start to get our eyes on the harvest instead of on ourselves. Instead of being on the treadmill of works and worrying about my own salvation, I actually lift up my eyes and I feel so loved and I'm royalty and I know who I am and I say, you've got to hear the good news. Amen. Amen. God is good and he knows. Amen. He knows, he knows, he knows. Evangelism is about our connection to him. Our love for him overflowing like a river. It even awakens the sleeping ones. It even awakens the sleeping ones. And let me tell you, as you evangelize, there's people that will tell you they're a Christian. But it doesn't always mean the same as you think. It's like someone that maybe had some form of like shoulds and have tos, but they never actually gave their heart to the Lord. They've never had relationship with the Lord. Okay, it comes up sometimes with people that were raised Catholic. They, they have really no idea of what the gospel message is. So it's like we don't even want to stop there. It's like, oh, my gosh, but have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It's like, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Have you been born again? It's like we want to share the good news out of the, that overflowing love that we have. It awakens even the sleeping ones. Um, evangelism is connection for the purpose of connection. Not because we should. Not because we should. It's because we've so grasped the heart of the Father that it's like his heart is like, I want my kids back. I paid a high price because I want every single one of them. My will is that none should perish. That not one would perish. Go tell them. Amen. We used to go around and, and pray for people and do street ministry and uh, pray for healing and prophesy encouragement to people um, and, and that kind of thing. And we would just stop there and we would just be like, okay, Lord, we just, we just trust you to do the rest. You know, it's just like someone's knee would get healed and they're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. No, seriously, like my knee, it's like, it's better. And we're like, awesome, Jesus did that for you. Go find him. <laughs> and that's kind of what we did, you know. And, like, there's no condemnation. Like, that's just where we were at. Like, we didn't know what else to do. And so I trust Holy Spirit to work it out. And I'm, I'm still praying, like, Lord, chase all those people down. You know, they had this encounter with you. Um, but it, we've been so blessed and privileged to see so many people get healed. Healing is not the goal. Okay? Like, of course, Jesus loves people and heals people just because he wants them healed. Period. That's a thing. <laughs> but if you just stop at the healing, you're, you're not fully uh, jumping into what the purpose of it is. It's like the signs and the wonders are meant to be a demonstration of the power of the gospel and that Jesus is alive. Amen. But that's something that we just didn't know. Like, we didn't know. We're just like, that's, that's good. Okay. Um, but what good does healing their knee do if they don't know that God wants to connect with them? If they don't understand that he wants relationship with them. Let's put up the scripture, Romans 10, 13 to 14. Romans 10, 13 to 14. And it's true. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Yahweh, will be uh, rescued and experience new life. So everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, I don't know what translation this is, but I'm pretty sure if you call on the name of Jesus, <laughs> then you will be saved, okay? Um, but how can people call on him for help if they've not yet believed? And how can they believe in one they've not yet heard of? And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one there to proclaim it? 
Amen. How are they going to know? How are they going to know if we don't tell them? Amen. How are they going to believe in him when they don't even know he exists? Amen. So it's like we really want to um, develop that, that, uh, that skill of just sharing the gospel. It's, it's not hard when you understand how good he is. Amen. Mm-hmm. People need to understand that their denomination can't save them. Their religion can't save them. Their family beliefs can't save them. And that God doesn't have grandchildren. Do you know what I mean when I say God doesn't have grandchildren? It's like, it's, it's, you're not going to inherit through, like, your, your grandmother or whatever. He wants personal relationship with each one. So it's like your grandmother or your parents believed in Jesus, and you're just like, well, I'm a Christian because my family's a Christian. Like, they, they, that's just who we are. It's like, no, it's like you need relationship with Jesus. Amen? All right. So we are not an army of obedient robots. We're an army of lovers who have been so enraptured with the love of our king, the love of our dad. Amen. Devotion is the end game and is only effectively motivated by love. Not duty, obligation, or selfish motivation to earn more favor with God. I'm going to say that again. Not duty, obligation, or the selfish motivation to earn more favor with God. That's not why we evangelize. That's not why we pray. It's not to gain more favor. Amen. I'm so proud of my husband. Like, he's been evangelizing out on the streets. And um, it's like when, when we go out together, like, I'm always like, you do the opener. <laughs> he's, like, really good at, like, breaking the ice, you know. Uh, but, uh, but we get to do that together, and it's, it's really fun. Um, but he, he tears up when he's sharing the gospel with people. Um, and I'm just, I'm so proud of him because, like, it's very clear that this is very real to him. You know what I mean? It's like the, what the world needs right now is what's real and what's authentic. Amen. They don't need rules and have-tos and all that kind of stuff. It witnesses that he has relationship with this Jesus that he speaks of. Amen. That the gospel is still piercing his heart. Amen. 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 <laughs> Now, we all have um, this temptation, and the temptation is I want someone bigger than myself. I want someone more anointed than myself. I want someone that has more wisdom than myself, someone that I can turn to. Uh, that's a very real thing. Um, obviously, we have God to turn to, and absolutely, there's mentors and people that we can look up to. However, um, the goal is not to go and run and visit the big prophet on a platform so that you can get a word from the Lord. Amen. There's absolutely place for that. There's amazing anointed prophets. But did you know that you can prophesy? Did you know that you are your own best prophet? Amen. Amen. Um, we don't want to go run and chase down the healing guy on the big platform with the big anointing. Did you know that you can heal the sick? Amen. When we bring in people with powerful anointings and things like that, it is so that they can demonstrate to you what's available and so that they can activate you in it. That's the goal, just so you know. That's the vision. When we bring Chris in, just like, man, he moves in the Holy Spirit like this, it's so that you can say, I can do that. If that guy can do it, I can do that. 
Amen? Jesus says, even great, what does this world need? This world needs people that are on fire for the Lord, that are not fearful of people or what people are going to say and what if they get offended if I preach at them and uh, they, everyone wants to stay six feet apart and that kind of thing. It's just like there was never a caveat in the gospel for when and what season we're supposed to go out and preach to people. Amen? It's like we need to honor God first and foremost. Amen? Hmm. I lost my train of thought. Somebody pray for me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. Let's take a laugh break. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Hmm. What is God's plan for this world? His plan is you. Amen. That's why all of creation is eagerly longing and awaiting the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. The revealing, not the becoming. Man, if you guys could finally get your act together, all of creation would be like, finally. No, they're waiting for the revealing. If you can take off this jacket called shame, if you could take off this other jacket called fear of man and reveal who you are, that you are royalty, you've been crowned in his redeeming love, that you can be set on fire and you can move in mighty miracles that you've never seen on this planet yet. Reinhard Bonnke, all the, all the big events, like Billy Graham, like that has nothing on what God still has to do in this earth. What if we all became a people that were so in love with Jesus that nothing phased us and everywhere we went, we were turning on the light in a dark world? Amen. Like, light and dark do not fight this big battle. It, when, when darkness is, like, enveloping this room, what do we do? Click. <laughs> there isn't a war in the heavenlies <laughs> to light this room up. It's just like, man, if the light just turns on, then the darkness goes away. Amen. Amen. But it all stems out of love. We don't want to try to do things of God without encountering the love of God. Amen. They'll know that we are his disciples by our sound doctrine and mighty works. <laughs> They'll know that we are his disciples by our righteous judgment and ability to call it like it is. No. They will know that we are his disciples by our love. By our love. We didn't earn our way into the kingdom by our wisdom. It wasn't through our righteous works or our judgments. We didn't earn our way into Holy Spirit. It was all given as a gift through connection by his grace, through his desire to connect to us. Amen. Amen. So the world seems to be getting so much darker. Amen. I mean, maybe you don't want to amen that, but do we agree? Okay. The world seems to be getting so much darker. There's confusion. There's rampant sin. I, I would agree with that. It just seems like things, things uh, are getting darker. The word of God is always true. It's always true in every season. Amen? What does the Bible say? Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Much more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Much more. Do you have so much faith in sin? Is sin really all that wonderful? Have you tasted of sin? Is it satisfying? No. 
It is not to be compared with the goodness of God and his presence. Taste and see how good he is. Amen? There's no competition and there is no comparison. And where sin abounds, grace abounds much, much more. The enemy is not trying to... Let me put it this way. Sin is not your biggest battle. The enemy wars against your connection with Jesus because he is terrified that in your connection with Jesus, you're going to realize who you are. Amen. He is terrified that you're going to see through the counterfeits that he's been feeding you to say, this is the thing you've been searching for. God is so much better. Where you see sin abounding, there's abounding grace to see people come to salvation and freedom. Amen. The world is lost. I'm telling you, it has never been easier to approach people and share good news with them because they need it, because they tasted of sin, and it is not satisfying them. It isn't. We cannot have put faith in, in sin just like, oh, well, everybody's just pulled this way. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, Evan, <laughs> he had a poopy diaper last night, and uh, we're in that in-between stage where he's potty training but he's not quite there yet. Um, and uh, we're just like, hey, buddy, are you poopy? And he just like, he's like, maybe. And he went behind the door and like shut the door. <laughs> he's like trying to hide his poopy diaper. And uh, the truth is, is that he needs to connect with us so that we can help clean his mess and train him. The truth is, is that he doesn't know how to clean himself up. He can't clean himself up. Amen. The world is full of people sitting in poopy diapers. And it is not a good feeling. <laughs> It's really not. (laughs) They don't know that there's more. They don't know that they're loved. They don't know that they can be clean. They don't know. They don't know that they can experience purity on this side of heaven. They have no vision for it. Amen. They either hide behind doors in shame or Evan's new trick, yes, I'm poopy. I own my poopy diaper. Aren't you proud of me? We're going to throw poopy diaper parties and celebrate our poopiness. No. Love does not delight in evil. Love delights in what is good. Okay? Love is not going to leave people there. Okay? Love is going to potty train. Okay? Love doesn't leave you at that stage. Shame or pride do not solve the problem. Love is the answer. Connection to the only one who can clean your mess is the answer. Love does not delight in evil. Love delights in truth. Truth means nothing hidden. When you have the love of God in you, you will no longer live in hiding. God, this is my mess. I'm poopy over here, and I need your help. That's when we experience freedom. That's when we experience transformation. Amen? Because we're not trying to earn our way to be with him. He knows it all anyway. Amen? Love doesn't tickle people's ears. Sexual confusion and sexual sin is torment. It is torment. When you enter into God's love, you see from a different perspective and a different motivation. It is not loving to leave people there. It is not satisfying. It never will be. God's design is way higher than what our opinion says. Amen? Telling people it's okay is not loving Telling people that they are loved is necessary. Amen? 
When you know the real thing, the love of God and our identity in him, you so badly want people to experience that freedom. You won't allow people to settle for counterfeits that produce death, torment, suicide, depression. Amen. We can't bow to a spirit of perversion or intimidation. The enemy is racking people with shame, pride, and torment. Okay? Grace did not change the nature of sin. It changed the nature of us. And it empowers us to not be mastered by anything. Amen? Grace did not change sin. Okay? Sin wars against love. It's like having a wonderful wife who loves you so much, who is like, does everything, just like wants to connect with you, just thinks the world of you or whatever, and then you choose a prostitute that despises you. That's what's happening in the world. And people will look at that and say, well, if the prostitute makes you happy, it's like that prostitute will never make them happy. That's the counterfeit. Amen. So love doesn't leave people in in bad choices, amen, love is going to share the truth, delights in what is good. It's just like, oh man, there's something so much better than that. Like leave that stuff behind. God loves you so much. He has actual satisfaction for you. He actually has love and joy and peace and all these things. Don't believe the lie that they're gonna find joy and peace in the prostitute, they're not. It's the counterfeit, it's from the enemy. The enemy who wants to destroy them, amen. We want to operate in truth and love, amen. Song of Solomon 8 says that his love is a consuming fire. Nothing can quench the fire of his love for us. Can I tell you his fire is a good thing? Amen. It's a good thing. It's a powerful thing. And we yield everything to him, it says in Song of Solomon 8, until it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. Until it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. Because his love is so good. Amen. Where sin abounds, Grace abounds so much more. Amen. So what do we do? We want to receive his grace more and more. Receive that gospel message. Let it pierce our heart over and over again. Step into that love. Receive it. Lay down the striving. Lay down the works. Amen. And follow what he says because he has good plans and he knows the end from the beginning. Amen. Receive his righteousness. Receive his peace. Receive his joy. And our number one motivation is to be love because love never fails. Love never fails. So, Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, that your love never fails. It never fails. It never fails. It never fails. It never fails. I thank you that your love is so good that we can trust in the contagiousness of Holy Spirit. We can trust in the contagiousness of your love that you truly are so good, Lord, that you love people where they're at, but you also don't leave them where they're at. Lord, that people can experience these amazing things on this planet. Lord, that they're not looking to some afterlife to to try and have things figured out, but Lord, you've died so that you could give us all abundant life here as well as in eternity, Lord, and I just thank you so much for it, Jesus, and I just pray that you would help us to come to deeper levels of your grace, deeper revelations of your grace and of your love and exactly what you did on the cross and the high price that you paid, and we just thank you so much for that price in Jesus' name, and everybody said.